They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff, like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's Omri certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow. And we're back with an all-new episode of Keep It. I've returned. Yes. Yes. And now Kara's gone. Wow. My how the tables have turned. I mean, we all thought I was going to go, and look what happened. <laughs> Careful what you wish for or something? I don't know. Uh, Lewis is poisoning us. Ira is literally sick, and I feel fantastic like, as i sit here i'm starting to feel a little ill see <laughs> lewis stop looking at me I'm, I'm, a, I'm like holding a crystal to the sky and just like sapping you i'm on the verge of death but tawny hi tawny nusa hi you are here i'm here thank you for having me uh this is funny because you co-host yo is this racist i do and we're like, taking Andrew was over just here last week i know are you like scared that we're trying to creep up on your I, shit i think that you are I how th- do we I become like... spawn con for you yeah <laughs> i feel like alexis carrington like is this a takeover we just need a break <laughs> from talking about racism all the time so we're like please let us on the show that only has to talk about why the rest of the world is trash <laughs> <laughs> uh well we are here we have i don't know a lot to talk about i I don't know how I got sick. Besides my scheming, yes. No, no. There's like I get that there's a lot of people sick in LA right now, mm-hmm. but I was not in LA. Oh right, yeah. I was in Omaha. Well, travel sort of does it. True, and I had a very long layover in mm. the Omaha airport, uh, and it was cold there. Oh, the, the only thing I really know about Omaha is they filmed Terms of Endearment there, and then Deborah Winger started dating the governor of uh, uh, Nebraska, which is a weird thing for an actress to do. You know, Nebraska has like a lot of billionaires. Oh, uh, right. Uh, Warren Buffett. Yeah. yeah I'm like, impressed that they ne- all just hang out in Omaha. I'm impressed that Nebraska uh, elected a single governor. It seems very like family values. Oh, know? sure. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So. Good, good for him. Good Greta. for that single white man. Creighton University. We've already we've gone through all my Nebraska trivia. Uh, but I was there because I curated a film festival for film streams. Oh, which is still playing. Uh, I picked. I had to pick ten movies that fit what I think of America. Oh God. So what did you do? How many of the movies did you make? What do you mean? Did I make? I'm just saying. Like, were you like, I don't make my own film? Oh my god! I, 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 do you think I made a movie? I get, <laughs> you would be prissy enough to, when when assigned to lead a film festival, be like, now I'm a director. <laughs> Listen, the films that I picked were um, Moonlight and To Die For. Oh, mm. okay. Never mind. You are gay uh, and in charge. All right. High art. With well, hold on, high art's the one with um, f- from Breakfast Club. Ellie Sheedy, oh, yes, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And Patricia Clarkson. My other queen, uh, who should play Bonnie Raitt on screen. Devil in a Blue Dress. Nice. Never seen it. Oh. How weird is that? Well, it's black. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bamboozled. That one I've seen. Uh, what's Love Got to Do With It? Oh. My Own Private Idaho. Pariah. Tu Wong Fu. And Tangerine. Oh. Thanks for keeping it gay. Yeah, I like yeah. Tu Wong Fu in there. Yeah, you know, it's one of my favorite movies. It's fantastic. Actually, yeah. Doesn't it take place in Australia? Am I making that up? That's Priscilla. Yep. That was very rude of me. Completely understandable. <laughs> wow, you you already need to be removed. I'm so <laughs> sorry I did that. Can we cut this part? <laughs> uh, also, you know, why did I think you were British for the longest? What? We've met. I, but we were on a British <laughs> podcast. And for some reason, in my head, you sounded British that day. We sat there for an hour and a half talking, and you thought I sounded British? I don't know what's happening. You just thought I was uh, Jason Isaacs, who was on that podcast with us. Yes. So you conflated us. Somehow I think you could have used this to your advantage. I'm almost sorry we didn't figure out a way before Ira got here. (laughs) I was ready to come in here being like, cheerio. Oh, hello, my lord. This is the greatest (laughs) con I've ever pulled accidentally. I wish I was British now. What could I have convinced you? What else could I have convinced you of? Is it the slight Leona Lewis resemblance? What went wrong with you, Ira? <laughs> you do look a little bit like Leona Lewis. Oh my gosh, thank you so yes. much. You are 
The compliments bleeding are love, again. and I am bleeding snot in the <laughs> office. Let's get this episode going. Um, we have someone wonderful from the Crooked Media family joining us today. Her second appearance. Yes, it's not John Favreau. It's not. It never will be. No. Nope. Uh, this week it is Aaron Gloria Raya of Hysteria. Yeah. For someone who hosts a podcast called, podcast called Hysteria, she is awfully rational. <laughs> yeah, almost too logical. See, I don't like it. I find it suspicious. I like wow. my women shrieking. <laughs> well, we'll confront her about it later. <laughs> we'll be right back. Sunday night marked the 61st annual Grammy Awards hosted by makeup queen Alicia Keys. That's right. Uh, the show pulled in about 19.9 million viewers, which was the same as last year. Uh, All right. So the awards community will take it. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Um, this year, the Grammys made a concerted effort to celebrate women throughout all genres of music, with women winning more awards than in years past. I don't know if the Grammys had anything to do with that. Yeah, well, right. The voters. I love this one-year anomaly where women win. Yeah. yeah. Uh, of course, there was some drama. Naturally. So let's get into it. Um, I do like that it's been the year of the of the women, apparently. I mean, it's been the same here in L.A. with pilot season. I feel like this year pilot season is just, what if women and then just full stop, like they didn't think any further than that. Oh, sure. So the Grammys to me felt like they were going, what if women win things? And I was like, okay, I appreciate the completed sentence. (laughs) There's a predicate. That's nice. Um, uh, uh, I mean, Casey Musgraves winning album of the year is interesting and provocative to me for a couple of reasons. I feel like she... Are Are you down with the yeehaw? A little. Okay. little down. Yes. Yeah. Well, my weird take is this. First of all, she's like this Carly Rae Jepsen situation where gay men decided to rally around this one album, and I couldn't tell if other people were also equally as into it, but okay, the Grammys found it. Uh, 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 not that interesting opinion. I actually prefer her other two albums more because they're like wittier mm-hmm. and have more like cutting opinions about things like marriage and uh, the way men treat women and stuff. Whereas this album to me has more of an ethereal vibe, which I find kind of typical of pop music nowadays. But I think she seems really cool. And it's just for it's not like a blockbuster album or anything. So I'm somewhat surprised to see it get album of the year. I love ethereal country music, mm-hmm. you know, um, a little slow, little slower than her other albums. OK, yeah. Well, um, no, I really appreciate her, I guess, because country music treats her awfully right no it's round two it's round two of the dixie chicks winning for that album that they wouldn't play on country radio in 2006 i think it was yeah Mm -hmm. um and i think you know at least now people have rallied around her to help her with sales yeah i don't know her fucking concert tickets are insane oh really did that just happen because of the grammys before the grammy before even the win it was just like people are obsessed with meeting her wow yeah. Meeting her? Yeah, we're all in the Yeehaw Club. Oh, I see. Well, I'm excited because, I mean, that's really the only way artists are making money anymore is people buying tickets and going to shows, so good I for her. I don't think she's making money off of $400 concert tickets. I think <gasps> that people were buying them for $50, and now they're reselling them. Oh, boo. So people are making money off of her. Mm-hmm. The scammer community is yes, thriving. Scammer, yes, well, as, Casey, as always. Well, <laughs> hear us. It sounds like you can get away with charging 400 at the get because... People are paying it, so you might, might as well start there. I can I trust a country star who does a good job guest judging on RuPaul's Drag Race. That's exactly what you should be able mm-hmm. to do. And she provided just that with that big Bobby Gentry haircut. Yes, yes. Bobby Gentry. Yes. Thank you. Um, well, Casey was good. Um, I was a little sad for Janelle, but, you know, I like both of those albums and both of those women. That performance was, I mean, every performance she does is, like, robotically tight, but she seriously brought it. I mean, she is so committed to the cyborg thing. It, I, I almost am like, stop it, let's move on. But she just keeps <laughs> doubling down. I think she She's, finds new flavors to put on it. She wakes up in the morning and makes printer noises. I know it. <laughs> uh, what other performances did we enjoy? You know what? The answer is, for me, most of them. Yeah. I thought that it was a pretty tightly run I the situation. kind of good? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, for me... That Dua Lipa St. Vincent situation, listen, 
You know, I, women with sharp bobs, I'm already in. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, particularly metallic-looking women. That particularly scintillating, sapphic sex play. You've got it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Queen of the damp, Dua Lipa. Yeah. <laughs> just a woman with a patina of authority. <laughs> yes, looking just lightly drenched at all times. Yes, honey. It those is raining. T- those two invented sex, too, and then invited us to have it along with them. <laughs> The, the, the two songs they did, which were uh, One Kiss and is that Something Seduction. What's that St. Vincent song called? Anyway, they fit. Mass seduction. Yes, that's right. They fit so well together. It was so seamless. I couldn't believe if that man who runs the Grammys who got into a fight with Ariana Grande had anything to do with that. I would mm. be shocked. I doubt it. Uh, we will get into that in a minute because mm-hmm. um, that man is getting into a fight with everyone, apparently. Right. Uh, Nicki Minaj, too. So um, imagine him having just like a a normal, a uh, 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 healthy relationship with uh, businesswoman Nicki Minaj. Uh, did we like Gaga's performance? It was it was split down the middle on my timeline. I don't know. I don't know what Lady Gaga looks like or sounds like. Like every time I see her, I feel like I'm watching a new artist in a way that's like wow, this is beautiful and inventive, but I never have like a bead on what she is or what she does, which maybe sounds like the most grandma thing ever. But I just never quite get like, oh, this is her particular brand. Like it's always something new and really well executed. So I thought this was well executed version of a song from a movie, but I didn't have like a strong, I don't know. I didn't have like a strong reaction to it. Do you know what my feeling was about this performance was she went so um, hokey and over the top and theatrical with it because... She's going to perform that song at the Oscars with a normal stripped down traditional yeah. rendition. Oh, so I think she was emotion. trying to set it apart with with a sure. uh, yeah. please give me an Oscar right. performance. <laughs> right, right. No, she'll cry on stage. Please, she will. of course. Yeah, she better. I, I do love that everything is so well produced with her. Like everything is so well thought out because sometimes I feel like music performances can be kind of a race to see who can do the least. Yeah. Um, oh, sure. So I love that there's so much effort that goes into it. I think I'm just sometimes maybe I'm just confused. Maybe she confuses me. No, I think um, it's fair to say that her uh, career of live performances has lost some uniformity in a way. Well, also, she's so obsessed with branching out, right? She has the whole jazz leg of her live tour now. She has the Enigma tour, which is sort of like old Gaga mixed with, you know, futuristic elements. Which I thought was very fun. Oh, you Uh, saw Enigma. I saw Enigma. Mm -hmm. On a lot of drugs, but it was entertaining. No, I mean, it's not meant to be a sober experience, I yeah. don't think. You don't call something enigma because you want people to come in having just sipped some iced coffee. See, there's, there's, a lot, there's a lot of acting interstitials. I wonder if I need to mix up which drugs I'm doing for each. Like, maybe I've got the wrong uh, matching with which performance she's doing. Maybe I need a different drug, and then I'll be I'll fall in step with her. Yeah, this is what pharmacies are for. You walk right, right. up and you ask. Just You're like right. Jody Watley. I'm looking for a new Ooh. drug. <laughs> it's all looking not for a new drug. Not the lyrics. Yeah. No, why not? Jody Watley, get at us. Write a new one. Did she just I want a new one? drug. You combined it with Huey Lewis in the news? Okay. <laughs> it was like, I'm looking for a new, new love, drug, baby. Yes. A new drug. It was a joke. Okay, well. Humor. Lewis, he was doing a classic parody song of a Jody Watley hit. <laughs> all right. You, you wanted yes and, and I gave you yes but. Let me live out my weird Al fantasies. <laughs> Uh, you know who else thought I thought was really good? Shawn Mendes and Miley Cyrus. Wouldn't have naturally put them together and yes. thought they sounded great. Shawn Mendes' arms were great. He really has just, he is just sinew the person. He is <laughs> thin. He is thin and muscular. He's literally at Equinox in Los Angeles twice a day. Why are you going to put out he his actual morning. address? <laughs> You're putting out exactly where this man is. People are going to come find him. He, he, he wa- if you go to Equinox, you want to be seen. Oh, okay, good point. All right. He's Not there in the that morning. much. He's there in the morning and at the evening. Also, he uh, really is just got Two that... days. He does two days. Damn, that's how you get that sinew. Right, you got it. Um, also, that Mentos fresh and full of life grin. It just takes you the fuck in. I know. I wish I liked his songs more. Yeah, I, I especially don't like the In My Blood song. It Mm-mm. just feels Mm-mm. like we needed an extra writer on that to clarify the message. I didn't understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you were confused by... Um, Lost in Tokyo before. Right. <laughs> I just His have music questions. Is yes, right. Um, I shouldn't have to be Sherlock Holmes, you know, if I'm going to listen to your music. Yeah. I wish that Sean Mendez had Charlie Poof's music. Can I tell you something, though? 
I just heard that Charles Puth, who we have a problem here, where we're okay. extreme fans of Charlie Puth. Sure. Total Puth Sayer, Puth Fairy, Puth Raider, Ginsburg, whatever. Mm-hmm. I hear he is a Trump person. And I looked looked it up, and there are apparently Facebook posts where he shares like bad Obama memes and stuff. I don't know if this is 100% verified yet, but it looked real to me. I'd, I'd heard that too. Yeah. But. I decided to ignore it. Okay. Mm. Charles, if you could, in perfect pitch, speak up and disown that. <laughs> Thanks. Set the record straight. Uh, how, many, how, many, how many years did we support Taylor Swift? And, you know, she was an Aryan goddess. <laughs> <laughs> there was no actual proof she was into, like, meme land anti-Obama shit, though. True. I mean, I, and I never really thought she did, but she was like, but isn't it cute if my fans in Oklahoma think I am? Right. By the way, speaking of her. I don't know why I'm picking on Oklahoma. Right. Jesus. <laughs> lay off. They have thunder or something. I feel like Casey Musgraves speaks to the fact that people miss popular singer songwriters with a point of view. Because yeah. I think Taylor Swift and Adele and Ed Sheeran, while all those people technically qualify as singer songwriters, they really have mastered sort of speaking to everyone without coming from any place in particular. And I think Casey Musgrave speaks to like the, you know, Tracy Chapman, Alanis Morissette world of pop music where it's like, oh, I actually learned something about someone and, you know, what matters to them, even just musically influence wise by listening to them. I get that. You mm-hmm. know, we're going to have to talk about this. Motown tribute. Oh, I thought we were going to Diana. I'm sorry. Oh, sure. Well, let's do Diana first. Let's do Diana. I love this presentation that she came up. I love the uh, Mars, uh, a storm on Mars uh, outfit inspiration that she had going on. I just felt like it was storm clouds on a distant planet. (laughs) I love how she produced the entire situation verbally. Like she was just producing. She's literally like, put your hands in the air. Don't put them down. Don't be lazy. Turn these lights up. I need to see my people. Take my hand. Let me climb on stage. Everyone keep singing. I felt like she was stage managing. Camera too, yeah. Yeah, literally, she was stage She's Renee Russo her. in Nightcrawler, yes. <laughs> it was so great. And then she's just grinning and shouting and singing, and I just was like, yes, Auntie Diana, absolutely. I felt like I was at her house for Thanksgiving, and she was telling me which plate to put in what part of the dishwasher. And I'm here for it. <laughs> totally. And also, by the, I, I was saying to Tawny beforehand, it now feels like we know nine members of the Ross family. Like, I just look out into the crowd, and I'm completely acquainted with everybody. And Ashley Simpson is always there now. Always there. What have I done she wrong in my life? Family. If Ashley is- Simpson is spending Christmas with Diana Ross, what? where did I zig when I should have zagged? No, Why is right. that not me? I should be you know sharing what? family secrets with Angelica Houston. Thank what have I done you. wrong? Yes. I recommend spending Christmas with iconic celebrities. It's, uh, hmm. it's, it's fun. Okay. Hmm. No one believes you. Um, <laughs> Cheshire cat-ass grin over there. Um, I do wish Diana had picked maybe something in the tempo range of an upside down. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. But it was lovely seeing her go there with the ballots. I don't think that she gets enough credit for just being that girl. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially I, I historically watch, from the Grammys, yeah, too. Mm-hmm. I watch um, Live in Central Park all the time. Where it's raining on her. Yes. And her hair is just getting larger. Raining on her. Those 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 gays <laughs> just clamoring in the audience. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's such a good performance. Uh, and a lot of her 80s albums um, yeah. don't get enough credit, I think, from the gays, too. Eaten Alive is a beautiful song. Oh, right. Duh. I mean, I mean Written you know what? Michael Jackson and the Bee Gees. I mean, come on. Deeply rare collaboration. Who knows about high notes if not those men? Totally. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, even I feel like Love Hangover doesn't get enough oh, credit yeah. anymore. Just like a one of a kind pop song with a total turn that completely matches the energy of a dance floor in a sort of poppers-esque way. Well, something you know. I feel like happens to her music. I think music. we saw Olivia Pope, like, fucking to that song. Oh, we did? Oh, did okay. we? Yeah. Okay. You're right. Then it's been re-embraced. But I do <laughs> feel like something happened with some of her 80s hits, which, and please stay with me while I do this strange jaunt to get where I'm talking about. Um, That's what Lewis does every week. <laughs> it's sort of like what happens to bands like Steely Dan or something, where everyone, it's become absorbed in, like, the Muzak kind of elevator music-y world, where you hear it when you walk into a cop or you hear it, you know, just in these ambient places where you're not expecting to really be listening to music. So it comes into this place in our brains where we think like, oh, that music is cheesy or that's bad or that's not like uh, exciting anymore. But then when you really and that happened to a lot of her stuff because she was so, for lack of a better word, palatable and just universally pleasing. So then when you really listen to the songs, you're like, 
Oh my God, this is stunning. Dirty Work by Steely Dan is a damn bop, and I don't care who knows it. I'm going full dad on this. It's an amazing bop. Just like Love Hangover, just like, you know, Upside Down, of course. But I feel like her music has kind of left people in this weird vein of like, oh, is that cheesy elevator music? No, well, it's not. It happens, Reeling in the hot takes over there with the Steely Dan. Well, I mean, happens hey. with a lot of people like, say, Blondie, you know? Where, oh, yeah. Blondie everywhere, is everywhere, exactly everywhere, what we're talking you about. Go, yep. You hear the same three Blondie songs played over and over again. And that's and all like, you know. <laughs> if you would play a different one, uh-huh. I'd want to hear it. Oh, yeah. Right. Hanging on the telephone should be upped in the uh, oh, in the yeah. tally. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Auto America. Uh, 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 Atomic. In, yeah. the, in the Sun. Oh, sure. It's a newer one, but it was still good. Yeah. It was like, what, 2000 or 98 or something? It was really late. Right, right, right. And yes. everyone was like, wait, you're still around? How dare you still make music? <laughs> Now I'm going to do a very interesting segue. Diana Ross, queen of Motown. Indeed. J-Lo, shouldn't be singing Motown. <laughs> Tourist in Motown. <laughs> day, day trip pass to Motown. Uh, that was very weird. Well, it was weird even in theory. Like, but yeah. When it was announced, she was not getting any love for that. But first of all, the first part of the performance was lip synced, right? Yes. Which I actually think is a strange move from J-Lo. I don't really associate her with that in, in terms of live performance, but... She does. Like, she was when we saw her oh, live. Oh, yeah, right. But, but mind you, that but was like a two-hour concert. Yeah, but she's all about, like, dancing and moving, so right. you put mm-hmm. up with it. But if you're doing Motown, it's like, I don't need you lip-syncing. Yeah. It was appreciated, though, that she brought out Tina Marie Square Biz, because I was in a room full of gay men watching the Grammys, and people are leaning over like, Oh, what's that song? I don't know that song. It's like, you don't know where the rap from One Two Step comes from? Right. Come on. Live a little. No thanks. <laughs> I know that Jennifer Lopez wasn't getting a lot of love for doing it, but I also had the thought of like, because people were saying like, well, Stevie Wonder's still alive. Well, Diana, you know, she could do this. Why, why aren't they asking people who were involved in Motown? And I just had this thought of like, I wonder if anyone who actually met and had to work with Barry Gordy did not want to honor him at the Grammys. There's always that possibility. So maybe they needed a full-ass outsider to come in and be like, I don't have any beef with this man. Like, I still own my royalties. Yeah, sure, I'll do this (laughs) tribute, you know? Or maybe they thought honestly, like, all right, we did right with the Aretha Franklin tribute with three actual black women that like, oh, it's okay if we skimp out of this Motown situation. It's it's weird, though, the people who are saying, like, trying to defend J-Lo doing it, saying... How dare you? You're just like making this about race. It's not about race. It's just about the fact that she is not a Motown singer. Nor adjacent. Yeah. It's like, what are you going to have Sierra do a Selena tribute? Right. I wouldn't not watch that. I mean, that actually sounds great. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if they just went down the list and everybody said no. Yeah, you never know. You never know. Barry Gordy made some enemies. I wanted that for a lot of things, you know. Like, you know they probably went out to Smokey Robinson and asked, will you do the whole thing? And he's like, I'll chime in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Lionel Richie, he's busy. He's right. Not doing it. All right. Um, we've reached the end of what I care about loving from the Grammys. Oh, yeah. Congrats, Childish Gambino. Yeah. Um, and Cardi. Oh, I do want to say this about the Grammys. Not one good speech the entire night. Guys, if you're nominated in 40 categories, prepare a speech. Not cool to be above it. Brandi Carlisle had a good speech, but it was before the ceremony. And she talked about how she came out when she was 15. Yes, that's what I wanted to hear about. Life experience. Let's hear that. I liked, uh, was it it Dua? When she won New Artist? Oh, yeah, yeah. She was like, I guess we stepped up. That was a funny line. Her Neil Portnow. And it took her a while to get to a part of the speech that felt personal, but she did sort of arrive there. She was, again, too damp to go quickly. Of course, even before the show... The producer, Ken Ehrlich, stirred up a drama with Ariana Grande. She was set to perform, but later chose not to due to her disagreements with him. He told the Associated Press that she felt it was too late for her to pull something together. And Ariana tweeted, I've kept my mouth shut, but now you're lying about me. I can pull together a performance overnight, and you know that, Ken. (laughs) It was when my creativity and self-expression was stifled by you that I decided not to attend. I hope the show is exactly what you want it to be, and more. She was mostly insulted that they wouldn't let her perform Seven Rings, her new single. Which, why wouldn't they let her do whatever she wants? Truly why. And, like, it's so wild to claim, like, oh, she just felt she wouldn't have enough time. Like, uh, for her, of all people, to claim that about, you know she's going to clap back with, like, a no, no, I can whip some shit together. Absolutely I can. So it's just a wild thing that he said anything. He should have kept his mouth completely shut. 
And then Nicki Minaj piped up to say, oh, did you know I also historically have had some problems with this man? I pissed off the same man Ariana just called out for lying, Grammy producer Ken. I was bullied in the same quiet for seven years out of fear. I'll tell my fans the real on the next episode of Queen Radio. Hashtag Queen Radio. <laughs> I'm like, of course this bitch <laughs> decided to jump into drama that did not involve her. No. Nope. And then say... Oh, by the way, listen to my radio show. She's the new, uh, I've used this reference before, Gail Weathers from Scream. You know, <laughs> check it out, it's in my book. <laughs> Rose McGowan punches her in the face. I did feel bad for Nikki, though, when BT mm. tweeted something awful at her. What did they do? When oh. Cardi won album, won rap oh. album of the year, they tweeted, um, and Nikki's being dragged by her lace front. Which also... So she pulled out sexist. of the BET experience. Which you know, I mean, we all know, God love BET. We all know that the person writing that is some unpaid social media intern who's 14 years old. Right, and then they got... Living at their parents' <laughs> home because they have to because they are 14 years old and they cannot get a real job. And they just are like, oh, let me tweet about Nicki Minaj. And now she's pulling out of the entirety. Nicki was one of the only, you know, women hip hoppers that always supported the BET Awards. And no one watches them. I'm sorry, BET, but you needed her. So what I'm saying is get some real money behind the people that you put behind your marketing, frankly. Well, I'm sure that person got fired. Well, and I hope they didn't, and... kind of, because I blame them as a company for being so, like, stingy yeah. with things. I stopped feeling bad for Nikki, though, when she was retweeting, like, her fans being crazed about this person. <laughs> and I think one of them was, like, trying to, like, dox the person who tweeted it. Oh, good. Which... Wow. Is exactly what Nikki does. She's all sometimes she's right and then she like she jumps out the fucking window. It's like you're sending your stands to attack this person who's getting, I don't know, like thirty K a year to tweet. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not that And important. now they've already lost their job, so why are you attacking them? Yeah, it's not the first cheap joke I've ever seen on Twitter. Right. And exactly. it's not like they that person probably didn't even know that Nikki has such a standing with the BET Awards because of, again, the way that network can tend to be run. Sometimes it's a little chaotic. Like, no one knows what's going on. So That said, it is weird that she doesn't have a Grammy. Strange. That is strange. Well, I mean, does Diana Ross have one? No. That's why That's why her performance was happy birthday to me, not like a Grammy <laughs> lifetime achievement. It was just a birthday celebration a full month and a half early. God, I love her. And by the way, Bjork lost again. Uh, Isn't it crazy that Bjork doesn't have a Grammy for a music video? Like that's like the most popular. That that to me is like the best of mainstream 90s art meets pop music. Yeah. The all is full of love video should have every award ever. Right. And I think Dua Lipa and St. Vincent kind of reenacted it. Yeah, I was going to say they were kind of moist, uh, identical robots sort of making out. Thank you for that, ladies. All right. When we're back, we're going to talk about dick pics. Keep It is brought to you by Barefoot Dreams. Lewis? Yes? When you see footprints in the sand, that was when I carried you in my Barefoot Dreams robe. Now, is that a Leona Lewis song? <laughs> no? Uh, if you want to bring coziness into your life, you turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially now as the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary. With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite luxe home blanket. And while many have attempted to duplicate their blankets, robes, and more, Barefoot Dreams' fabrication and quality cannot be replicated, so don't believe the dupes. Girl, this blanket is it. I effing love this blanket. I'm thinking about it right now, and I want to jump in my bed, which is sponsored by something that we'll do another ad for momentarily. Get ready. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Jesus, get a life, Oprah. My God. (laughs) Dressing head to toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort as their collection of ultra soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are made with premium materials. Their products make the perfect gifts, too. Uh, I throw this thing on. I wear it like a shawl. I look exactly like Ellen Burstyn. And I am the coziest a human being can be. Because, by the way, it's still that time in Los Angeles where it's, like, pretty mild outside, and then your apartment is cold. I can't explain it. I don't know things like basic science. For Keep It listeners, you can get 15% off your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code KEEPIT15. Don't miss out on Barefoot Dreams' soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR and how I live my life every day. Oh, 
I'm glad to bear witness to it. <laughs> Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of a struggle. It sounds like you at Coachella. I'm already tuned in. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective, from Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations. There's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives have always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Doesn't the Black experience sound like a three-disc Prince album we never got? Someone check the vault, please. <laughs> Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. And we're back. Aaron Ryan is here. Yes, I am. Hi. Hi. How's it going? You're ju you're just back. I know. Hysteria's back. Hysteria's back. It feels weird for me to be sitting facing the opposite side of the studio I'm normally facing. Mm. I feel oh, sure. like I feel like I'm in a dream where I'm watching myself, but I look just like Ira <laughs> <laughs> in the dream. I just love also that she's of course constantly and should be always on our podcast and. By rule, we can't be on her podcast, which is so much fun. Well, Kara can. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But not you guys. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I like it. I'm thriving from it. <laughs> I feel like keeping men from getting what they want just makes them want it more. See? Mm -hmm. Actually, I've been on Hysteria. Were you? When were you on Hysteria? The, um... Outside Lands oh, episode. Oh, yeah, that's right. I asked a question you in did. the audience. I Ooh. snuck my way onto you your did. women's only podcast. <laughs> you, you manned your way on. So you, you do allow men to ask questions on the show, but then you don't allow them to then answer them. No. <laughs> Which no. is revolutionary. Yeah, yeah right. They're no. allowed to not know things, but they're not allowed to know things. That's good. Well, we brought you in because this is a subject near and dear to your heart. Penises? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, dick pics. <laughs> oh, I feel like you talked about that last time you were here. I feel like I probably... Were we talking about Anthony Weiner? Yes, did. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. It's <laughs> fine. You know, it's funny because I'm not like a dick pic enthusiast. I've never been a person that's like, oh my God, I want to see a thing that looks like a chorizo. <laughs> like a pink chorizo. So those vanity plates on your car that say queen of dick pics, that somebody else did that? No, or? no, no, no. I meant like picking out men named Richard. Like oh. I love to just okay. like, you know, dry fist. Yeah. I love like mm -hmm. Dick Van Dyke. Like that's the kind of Round dick. Tree. Yeah. yeah. Richard oh. Carpenter. Mm -hmm. Yes, right. All, All the, the fans. That, yeah. Those are my that's Top those are my, my those are my dick pics. <laughs> well, <laughs> last week, uh, Jeff Bezos, in a two thousand word post on Medium titled "No Thank You, Mr. Pecker," <laughs> accused the executives of AMI, the National Enquirer's parent company, of extortion and blackmail. In an exchange of emails on the Bezos blog, AMI reps claimed to have obtained a below the belt selfie otherwise colloquially known as a dick pic in addition to nine other intimate pictures and text messages uh bezos says that they threatened to publish these pictures of him and his mistress former tv anchor lauren sanchez if the washington post which he owns did not back off its investigation of the tabloid First of all, no thank you, Mr. Pecker. Sounds like the highest grossing film of 1919. <laughs> or the B-side to take back your mink from Guys and Dolls. Yes. Thank you. Quite. Take back the pearls. What made you think 
that I, I was one of those, those girls. girls. I'm screaming. <laughs> <laughs> Lewis loves when I turn into my musical theater side. Well, it's just a, it's a shame because you actually do know more about it than I do. Yeah, I know. I know, like, Miss Adelaide's a character. See, I don't know that much. Let's get back to the topic. <laughs> uh, um, so, what? okay. Medium. That was interesting. Right. Quite a choice. Yeah. I think he could have got away with putting it in the post. I think he could have just done it because it's his paper. He could have just written it as, like, an ad where it's like, no... Although, no thank you, Mr. Pecker, opposite, like, uh, George Wilcom is like. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, the, it was a very, it was a long and girthy blog post on Medium.com. Uh, and uh, what I think is really interesting about this story, I was thinking about this this morning, unfortunately. I just, I, ugh, I don't want to think about Jeff Bezos' penis, and mm. I don't want to think about this. But what's really interesting about this is that, is that, first of all, it's connected to AMI and David Pecker, who's a friend of Donald Trump. And the second piece is that the Daily Beast first reported, and now the AP has confirmed, that the source of Lauren Sanchez's intimate text messages was her brother, Michael Sanchez. So there is a dirty Sanchez behind... Wow. <laughs> this is... Well reality is well glitching right now. Yeah, that is this so is creepy. Too, it's too fucking on the nose. By the way. I'm, I'm rejecting this simulation that we're living in right now because yeah. it's like, no. Well, Michael Sanchez is a longtime associate of... Donald Trump. Who he, is it these days? Dude, you know. Yeah, check this plant that's sitting behind I me. I feel like yeah. every new crime that happens in the media, it's always, and this person is a longtime associate of Mr. Trump. Yeah, and they're all like boring Dick Tracy villains. Like <laughs> yeah. none of them, they all have slightly weird names, but they just have no charisma. Like George Papadopoulos, I, I remember when he was first doing interviews and I was like, all right, we're going to get to hear from this guy. And he's got as got about as much charisma as like cold oatmeal even though he's adjacent to some of the most high level crimes and he's a he's an important piece of this massive international scandal he's the most boring fucking guy ever same with carter page carter page looks like a fish who got taken out of water and had a microphone put in his face he's just <laughs> like i don't under michael sanchez is another one of those guys that is associated with carter page and roger stone and he is now, you know, he's the source, according to the Bezos investigation, he is the source of these uh, text messages and dick pics. So it's interesting because at first it seemed like, you know, the Washington Post has some enemies that have a lot of money. Uh, and some of those enemies that have money have had dealings with AMI before. Like Saudi Arabia, for example, has like had AMI publish like pro Saudi Arabia material for them. So, you know, it's possible that Saudi Arabia, because uh, the, the Washington Post has been critical of them and they employed uh, Jamal Khashoggi, Khashoggi. I can't say that last name. Um, well, I can't say Bezos, apparently. I've been saying Bezos all day. I like that you mispronounce his name. I think he that deserves if you're it rich, a little bit. I think if you're rich enough, we can mispronounce your name all you all we want. Yeah, because yeah. you can buy the ear transplants that make sure that you only hear it the right way. <laughs> right. So you're fine in right. your super villain lair. <laughs> totally. Your volcano can like filter yeah. the sound. Howard Schultz. Howard. Howard is his name. Uh, but but yeah, the story is uh, interesting because now it appears that it's sort of like a murderer's row of like dumb fucking international criminals mm. that could be behind this sextortion of Jeff Bezos. And the difference between Jeff Bezos and a typical sextortion victim is that he's got money and he can actually go after the people that are trying to get him to pay or what they were trying what what AMI tried to get him to do was to back off his claims that there was a political motivation behind the expose. Um, he also has the privilege to just write on Medium and ensure that people will read it. Right, mm -hmm. totally, yeah. Which yeah. is wild. That's crazy, yeah. yeah. He's driving a ton of traffic to Medium.com. No one's reading my chicken tetrazzini recipe. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> if you, I would... I would read that. <laughs> I would read that. I would read that more than I would like, and I would enjoy it more than I like a typical recipe online where it's like 15 paragraphs about like, my kid likes this. It's like, fuck your kid. I just want to know what ingredients. That is buy. literally the worst part I of internet so recipes. Much. It's always, you know, <laughs> I decided to go to the store today and then you get everything about their lives and then how do I actually make? YouTube tutorials in the same way you yeah know, like mm -hmm. like before we get to the recipe I'm newly single you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't want to just come on just get to it but uh, I think what's what's really interesting about this now is that like it appears that Donald Trump who was crowing over Jeff Bezos's divorce 
which uh, was announced right after the Inquirer first ran its story, uh, it seems like Donald Trump might be involved in this too. So it's it's just a whole. I'm I'm, I'm shocked. Yeah. Here's the thing. It feels like it because one before even the divorce, he was always attacking the Washington Post, and he was always calling it Amazon's Washington <laughs> Post, and it just seems like something shady. He would be behind. Yeah. I think that the, he has a lot of jealousy, too. I mean, if you... You don't say. He's not a... Yeah. <laughs> I mean... No one wants to see Donald Trump's dick pic. Yeah. Ugh. I would maybe look at Jeff. Yeah. So many people have been like, we have this. Does anyone want it? And the internet just closes for the day whenever anyone asks. <laughs> and they're like, no, no one wants that. He's got a shiny, <laughs> sexy little head. Oh, oh, no, we, we are not going to philosophize about Jeff Bezos. I don't want to I don't want to think about this man's penis. But... I'm talking about his actual head. Oh, Ugh, my <laughs> <laughs> Ira needs to stop looking at me right now. <laughs> Lewis is jealous. Oh, it's fine. Jealous like Donald I still Trump. I love you. Aaron, I do agree with you, though. It does feel like not only is the simulation glitching, but also like it just needs better writers because it's either like you say, you've got these boring villain associates or just two coincidences dental like cliche had things happening it's like just get it in a writer's room take another pass we need a new draft of this nightmare because mm -hmm. it's not entertaining and it's not believable frankly down right. to the involvement of the national Enquirer. i was just thinking about <laughs> really? my favorite national Enquirer moments of all time i think my number one is when they published that anthony perkins the actor in my long time my old hollywood crush had aids before he knew he had aids because someone le leaked the documents to them Pretty legendary. I just want to know who's reading the National Enquirer. Does anybody who matters read that newspaper? No, it's like the weekly world news, right? right? That's that's like a, a kind of a, a little sticking point for me in the in the writing of this simulation. I'm like, wait a minute, who yeah. who reads it? I've never ever gone to a person's house I respect and seen like, oh, they have the Atlantic and uh, the <laughs> Harper's, maybe Vanity Fair, the New Yorker, and oh, and here's the National Enquirer, just kind of fanned out on the coffee table to, as like a display of their worldliness. <laughs> I I just never I don't know who's reading it, and, and the people who are reading it are people who are dupes who don't really have a ton of power. Now they have gotten things right before the John Edwards story is something that they broke wide open. But interestingly enough, the John Edwards story involved a campaign finance violation where Edwards used campaign money to pay off a mistress to keep her quiet about their alleged affair, which is kind of ironically what Donald Trump allegedly involved Michael Cohen in doing involving the National Enquirer. So it's... <laughs> I wonder if... I often think those papers are so insidious because even though you don't buy them or read them or know anyone who buys them, we all, like, pass by them in the grocery store. So you walk by the little I've seen stand. National Enquirer covers, like, the yeah. front page all the time. Constantly. Like Michael and Jackson, Elizabeth Taylor. And even though the yeah. headline might be so insane or you know logically in your smart, educated brain that it's not true, whatever they're saying, some part of that seeps in of, like, a... Oh, you know, some people do think this about this celebrity or about this politician. So I wonder if it just kind of starts to embed these ideas in our subconscious. Even if you really thought about it, you wouldn't believe it. But it still is doing this weird damn. It was like the first Twitter, you know, like you're just kind of glancing at something that might be crazy and under-researched, but you still see it. You still absorb a piece of it. Right. You're like, oh, yeah, that is a shark swimming in a flooded river. Yeah. You're Instead like, oh, of like, yeah. Bat boy, for sure. Yeah. Bat boy. He's, re he's a real guy. I always, I think... A lot about, you know, I was working at Gawker Media uh, during the time that the Hulk Hogan stuff was kind of percolating up before it reached like disaster level. And what I think is really interesting is that this is like a lot more sympathetic of a case than like the or like Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan's case to me seemed like it was a lot weaker of an extortion call mm. than yeah. this one is, you know, and it's like Gawker uh, Hogan was awarded like one hundred and forty million dollar settlement or something after he sued Gawker Media for posting uh, snippets of a sex tape of him along with like a long write up of why the sex tape was newsworthy. This was AMI specifically being like, do this, say this, otherwise we'll do this. And it's like. I don't know. I, it seems like a very clear cut example of like breaking the law or somebody's got to pay too. Right. If it's not a clear, if it's not clear enough cut, I would like to know what is, mm -hmm. you know? Right. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be in the position of like feeling bad for Jeff Bezos either. But. Yeah. I don't think we It is to. scummy. 
it's bad, but like it can just maybe it can just be a net neutral. Right. Well, this is this is kind of a point I was I was getting to before, but then I got distracted by Ira's comments that I misinterpreted as being about Jeff Bezos's penis. Um, <laughs> I, I think that what's interesting about this is that Bezos has resources to actually fight this. And most people who are victims of sex extortion, I was just reading an article in The Atlantic about it. Um, I think 71 percent of victims of sex extortion are under 18. And a lot of them don't have the resources to fight it and they don't have anybody to tell and they don't have like investigators to send out. And so it's a crime that attacks very powerless people. And so I think that's like an important thing to think about as we're processing this, because on one hand, like, LOL dicks. But on the other hand, like this happens all the time. And I, I hate to be a downer, but like it happens all the time to like kids who are exploring themselves and, and maybe send an ill-advised text or picture of themselves and, and it comes back to haunt them for the rest of their young lives and they live in fear. And it's just, it's something that I think is like a really serious crime. And even though I don't, in in principle, I don't like being like, yeah, billionaire, but I like that somebody with his resources is fighting against something that is this widespread and, and harmful. No, it's like if the Peter Thiel gawkers thing happened to Peter Thiel, you right. know? So I'm just sitting here wondering, like, how much humanity someone like that can possibly reveal during this moment of crisis. You know what I mean? There's like a, a novelty to that, but uh, not much else in the in the world of empathy from me. Uh, Aaron, thank you for being here. Thanks so much for having me. This was really fun. Yeah, we always love it when you're here. Oh, thanks. I'm Girl. in this. I'm in this room all the time, like 24 hours after you guys are done every week, I'm in here. So it's nice to be like here on a Tuesday. See, see how you guys are holding it up. Yeah. Me with my tea and my tissues, just hacking up a lung. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we do it at Keep It. It's hospital drama where I'm the nurse, slowly administering the poison. Yeah. Letting a snow globe fall out of my head and feel that it was all fake. I'm like a visiting family member you haven't seen in forever here to tell you about the estate. <laughs> yeah, you appear out of nowhere and it's clear. It's just all you're there for is to tell the story and then you disappear and nobody asks about you again. Just clad in silk. <laughs> yeah, you had an amazing hat on, though. Thank you so yeah. much. Uh, all right, when we're back, we're going to get up with Jesus. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. For over 130 years, McCormick has helped you make mom's lasagna to keep her secret recipe alive. Take over taco night, no matter how chaotic your day is. Conquer the bake sale, even if you get to it last minute. And craft the perfect Sunday brunch when it's not even Sunday. Because with McCormick by your side, it's going to be great. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. days after Ellen Page gave an emotional interview on The Colbert Show condemning our leaders who promote hate, wonder which one she was talking about, uh, Chris Pratt appeared on the show to promote something a little more Jesus-y. <laughs> As is his way. He opened up about his religion and his recent completion of the 21-day fast, which he says was inspired by biblical prophet Daniel. Is it the biblical prophet who teaches yoga down the street? Like, anybody fasts, okay. Anyway, what we know about his religion is that he attends the Zoe Church, which is an L.A.-based version of the ultra-trendy Hillsong Church. 
which a bunch of celebrities go to. I, I would love to understand. I These names, Zoe. Nilsong <laughs> no, is actually pretty infuriating. <laughs> yes. Basically, the church's claim to welcome all, but Carl Lentz, the leader of the New York branch of Hillsong, in 2015 came under fire for stating that homosexuality is a sin and that a gay member of the church could never hold a leadership position. And later that year, the church's global leader, Brian Houston, released a statement condemning the marriage of two male choir members who had gotten married. Okay, there are only a few key things that people considered outdated about, say, the Catholic Church. This was one of them. Just just change that. All you have to do is change that, and people will like you a lot. So weird. Right. So Ellen Page called out Chris Pratt on Twitter. In a sort of, I would not, I mean, I guess friendly is the wrong word, but just like curious. I th- she sounded inquisitive to me. And matter yeah. of fact, it wasn't like shady. It wasn't mean. It was literally just like, ask him about his church's practices. Right. <laughs> Which is very reasonable. Because by the way, churches are suspicious. It's right. a suspicious business. Which makes sense because she had just been on the Colbert show, you mm-hmm. know, giving this, you know, speech about how um, the Trump administration you know, promotes hatred towards LGBTQ people um, and how we need to protect, you know, the disenfranchised people in our country. And then, you know, right after that, Chris Pratt's talking about his, you know, his, happy-go-lucky church. His cutesy Instagram church. It's like, okay, but will they let gay people in there? Like, that's a pretty normal... If you belong to any organization and you call yourself an ally and someone of a marginalized group that you are not a part of asks you, hey, that organization that you're proudly talking about on national TV, are they cool with me and my life? You should be able to unequivocally explain why either yes, they are, or no, they're not, but I stand in stark opposition to that. Like, that should be a very easy... If someone called me homophobic or something I'm a part of, if someone was like, the improv community is homophobic, (laughs) I would be like, yes, you're right. And as you know, and it would just be like very easy for me to condemn it. Um, But his response did not really do that. Right. His response was so weird. The word I would pick is from 2011 Twitter and it is pressed. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite thing in Chris Pratt's response was how he said, the church accepted me but even though I'm divorced. Oh, my God. They're very welcoming to people. They're like, very welcoming oh, to people. a church forgave a wealthy white man. Yeah, right. Of divorce. It also, it doesn't seem like he is aware of the founder, Brian Houston's comments about gay people. You know, Brian Houston said in 2015 that his church welcomes all people but does not affirm all lifestyles. Fun, fun choice of words there. Um, and that they don't have actively gay people in positions of leadership, either paid or unpaid. I just want to know if they have unactive gay people. Like, do they have sedentary <laughs> gays in paid leadership? Um, so it's maybe it's clear. May, I don't know if it's clear. Maybe Chris Pratt doesn't know that the founder said all those things. But it is your job then to find out if someone accuses you of this or calls out your church. You right. have to ask, like, oh, I wonder where this is coming from. Let me in. If you truly are an ally. You shouldn't be surprised by, yeah, uh, gay people having questions. And then secondly, I cannot get over the word lifestyles oh. used in that. It's so it sounds like something Roy Cohn would say in the <laughs> 50s. Well, it also reminds me of. Rhea Butcher tweeted that she hated when the articles talking about Ellen calling out Chris Pratt called her one of the most vocal members of the LGBTQ community. How she hates that phrase, too. Uh-huh. <laughs> one of the most uppity members. Yeah. <laughs> one of the most doesn't know how to sit down members. <laughs> like we all live on like the same block. It's Sesame Street. Right. Yeah. Ellen Page, whose lips are flapping. <laughs> um, speaking of Ellen's, Chris Pratt also... <laughs> after all of this, went on Ellen, and there was an Ellen Show tweet that's like, whatever Chris Pratt's selling, I'm buying. And is this the new talk show to go on when you've offended gay people? I guess. Is this one of the game of games? (laughs) Homophobe would be gone. God, it's just so easy. It's just so easy to say, like, yes, I belong to this thing. They said this fucked up thing. That's not what I believe. Yeah. That's all you have to say. You don't have to leave your church. You don't have to feel attacked. I'm also over Christians acting like they're like some oppressed minority. Oh, yeah. By the way, if we're going to talk about celebrity religions, I honestly miss the days of Kabbalah when celebrities truly (laughs) thought they were being dealt wisdom just to them. That was the whole point of that religion. Like Madonna knows things about the light. I loved all the photos of celebrities like leaving yoga together. Oh, yeah. Stella McCartney being too uh, over it (laughs) and Mm -hmm. in it. Yeah. (laughs) 
does she still practice Kabbalah? No idea. I don't know that Kabbalah is. Imagine going to Kabbalah now. You would feel so gauche. Or maybe it's like back in vogue now. It would be is, cute is now. It nostalgic. I'm ready to join, but like, like if I came over one day and was like, oh, I just left Kabbalah. I'd be like, ooh, do tell. Nice choker, by the way. I bet they have good branded mineral water. I would trust it. I just wanted to ask why he put his response on an IG story. Like, can we, why didn't he just put it in a a, a permanent place? Like, yeah. why did it have to disappear in 24 hours like an Inspector Gadget note? Like, That just makes me feel like there was a meeting to decide, like, okay, we'll put it out there and then it'll go away and then they can't call you out anymore. Not how the internet works. No, not at all. Um, do we like Chris Pratt? Apparently, no. I don't know anything about what's her name, Catherine Schwarzenegger, other yes, than Catherine met, is an awfully austere name. Ago, they met like six months ago, and now they're getting married. Right. Which is which is what people do when they love Jesus, I guess. Well, it's like Anna Ferris. I like. It's like I was suspicious about Ryan Reynolds for a long time, and then he. Remember when he used to date Alanis Morissette? Mm -hmm. You always have cred from that for me. So forever. That's right. I used to date Alanis Morissette. You sure didn't. But you are not even invited to Malibu, so. You dated Alanis Morissette like I am from Jolly London. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were from London. No. I thought we were going to talk about Love Island. Just you just on wanted to do that accent at me, didn't you? Uh, I do that regardless. <laughs> <laughs> Go Ellen Page. Thank you for just even asking. It was a good question. Yeah, no, it was a good question, and it started a whole new drama of... <laughs> Are we only going to be dealing with celebrities who are maybe homophobic and mm. politicians who are wearing blackface all year? Is that the theme of the year? You know what? I'm going to go with a yes. Yeah, it feels like it. I mean, it's February 111th right now. So, <laughs> yeah, I feel like the theme of this Black History Month has been like, find all the blackface. Like it's a Where's Waldo booklet or something. And really, the internet's really killing it. Good job, everybody. I will say that lastly, I know that when we were talking about the Kevin Hart stuff, we were specifically talking about how this needed to be a intra-community conversation with, you know, black people about who's supporting Kevin Hart and what kind of platform he has. And I appreciate that Ellen Page is sort of doing that with the white community, yeah. in a sense. She's like, well, we just dealt with that shit now. I'm going to call out Chris Pratt. Mm -hmm. You know, I appreciate that she did that. And I appreciate that celebrities like her maybe going forward are going to be sort of like pounding people more about how they feel about queer people. Right. Um, and I just want to say that in the movie Inception, she had to recite so much exposition and got to have no fun. And I constantly think about how she deserved more. Mm -hmm. It's truly a, she's truly done a come get your cousins and I'm a fan of it. And I do think that there's way, there's flavors of how to do it. And I like that she, not that everyone has to, you know, be respectable and nice. Like if you want to call someone out with sharper language, I think it's totally allowed. But I like that she just simply asked and seeing how it got turned into like, her condemning and being too vocal or whatever is kind of wild to me because it was a very simple question that we should all be asking. When we're back, keep it. And we're back with keep it. Uh, can I say keep it to this called? I Absolutely. think that's fair. This feels this feels like this feels like a lost episode. I made them turn off the cameras. There will be no video footage from this episode. I think I there's know like if it happened. There's like a low. There's like a, a different quality to your draw this time. You're almost you're almost in the like old R and B like Lou Rawls range. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> I love me some Lou Rawls. Uh, that that is one of my keep it. My other keep it is probably to the Academy. Mm. I am not a fan of getting rid of the cinematography. Mm -mm. Um, and also, wait, the deal is they will film them during the commercials right. and then air them in part later during the telecast. Yeah, cinematography, makeup and hairstyling, and... Uh, live action short? Yeah, they will... And one other one. Editing. Editing. Mm -hmm. um, yes, they're going to present those during commercial breaks and then later during a clip package show that they won which is weird. Mm. Um, also, it's like, you're supposed to be celebrating the movies and you're supposed to be celebrating like cinema. So it's just weird to cut out editing and cinematography, which 
are sort of the things that matter the most <laughs> in a movie. Also, yeah. I feel like in the past couple of years, there's been a lot of just talk about cinematography. When well, we last have... year, um, it's the first time a woman won. Yeah, or she was nominated, was nominated. And then Roger Deakins won, and everybody was like, like crying tears perpendicularly. So <laughs> excited for him. So anyway. Yeah. Anyway, so I keep it? I don't know. Guys, I'm dying. Can we wrap this up? <laughs> what is your key fit? Go to Tani, actually. I still love that. Okay. Tani, um, what's your key fit? I mean, it seems kind of obvious, but my key fit is to uh, just the year of blackface and the year of, like, fake Cherokee people and it's basically just keep it to uh, people putting on the Halloween costume of a person of color and then that getting all the news coverage as opposed to actually like stories about actual Cherokee women or stories about actual black people it's like the Rachel Dolezal effect like I suddenly got asked to talk about being a black woman more than I ever had in my life just because this white woman was pretending to be one. And it's like, you know what? We uh, People have always had value for being people of color, and it's not when a white person like paints their face or uh, takes a DNA test. Also, keep it to all your fucking DNA tests. Can I have two keep it? This is my first time here. I'm just going to double dip. Keep it to DNA tests because that doesn't mean you suddenly get to claim your Spanish. <laughs> Get out of here with your Iberian DNA. Literally keep your DNA test. Just don't show us. Don't show us. Yeah. Well, I am actually 1% um, Scandinavian. Are you? Congratulations. No, thank you. Your, your white privilege is really shining through right now. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, I thought you didn't want to talk about racism. I know it's it's in my bones. I can't get away from it. I get in front of a microphone and I'm just I turn into a robot. Okay. Janelle Monae wakes up making printer noises. I wake up just like blah 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 institutionalized racism. <laughs> Lewis, uh, my keep it is to get this the discussion around the new Aladdin. Uh, I'll say this first of all, it doesn't actually appear to me to be much different than any any of the other live action ones. So I'm a little. Uh, like over like people being over but here's the thing i thought people were mad at him for not being blue before they were mad at him for not being blue and then then they saw what it looked like when he was blue (laughs) and we're like we don't want it but that's what you have to blame yourself then that's the problem i just want to reiterate aladdin is my favorite disney movie because it's one of the few animated films i've ever seen where every character is sarcastic in some way like aladdin is a little bit like of a cynic. Jasmine is terribly over it. Even that tiger that kind of talks has some one-liners. Raja? Yeah. I, Raja's, Raja's got zingers. No, like Jasmine's leaving the palace and Raja's like, don't go. Like, it's like kind of talking. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm still super into it and super in, also just Jafar as Aladdin. an idea. Just a shocking character. So into it. Ugh, that. <laughs> I'm okay with him being blue. I don't like the thickness of his neck. That's my problem with the Will Smith. I'll have to reinspect. It's I'm... such a thick neck. Also, here's my question. Mm. How much of what we're seeing bodily is Will Smith's body? Is he just incredibly jacked? He's very jacked, but they have added they have added neck. They have added, what are these called? The trapezius, the ones that go from the neck to the shoulder to create that triangle man CrossFit look. Uh-huh. Um, they've added neck. They've added back. They've <laughs> added... <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I was just thinking about Kia recently you know why do you know what the name of that album was Kaya uh, her, do you know what the name of that album was you call her a car <laughs> oh wait, is it really Kaya yes I didn't know that K-H-I-A uh, her that album is called Nasty Confessions ooh what a crazy album title don't you picture her leaning into someone whispering something and then them going that is a nasty confession. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tommy, what are you doing here? Oh, hey, Keep Advance. What? Oh. Oh, oh my, my God. What? So, D- Tommy wow. brought us I wanted to a get cake. you a Johnny cake. Oh. So it's really rounded out. That's uh, John Favreau. That's John Lovett. <laughs> they both look delicious. Oh, uh, they're right my there God. for the takings. So. <laughs> it's beautiful. Tommy is fully walking in here like a guest on Montel Williams <laughs> and giving us actual cake with a picture of John Lovett and John Favreau on it to, I don't know, dissuade us from making cake related jokes about him. I don't know where that comes from. But I'm not going to do it, Tommy. I'm going to eat this cake and keep going. Enjoy. I love you. Keep it fancy. We love you, Tommy. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was magical. Wasn't it? Is this what happens over here? Is this what ha- no one brings us cake in, yo, is this racist? <laughs> this, it's like laughing today, apparently. 
I can't believe, is this like a cease and desist? I can't tell. <laughs> What's in this cake? Right, yeah. <laughs> Summons. Yeah, <laughs> Summons. We didn't even film it. I know. Because I made everyone turn off the cameras. Well, I'm taking a picture. You did come in here very Joan Crawford, like turn off the cameras. Oh, I can't be seen. I guess that's our show. Yeah. What's even happened today? Thank you guys for having me. I feel like I was so blessed to be part of your fever dream. Um, I hope you come out of this. Put a cool washcloth on your head. Connie, you are amazing. Please come back all the time. I would love to. I love Tommy you guys. brought us a fucking cake with John Favreau and John Lovett. <laughs> uh, I guess that's the only way Favreau will get on TV. That's right. Yeah. All right. We'll see you next week. For over 130 years, McCormick has helped you make mom's lasagna to keep her secret recipe alive. Take over taco night, no matter how chaotic your day is. Conquer the bake sale, even if you get to it last minute. And craft the perfect Sunday brunch when it's not even Sunday. Because with McCormick by your side, it's going to be great. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers.